Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. On this Mother's Day, which I always love in the church, it's a, a good high attendance day and it's, uh, it's just special, amen, because we think about moms and, and uh, the family. And On this Mother's Day, I want to tell you the Bible story of beauty and the beast. Last Mother's Day, I preached on a great woman of the the past, a woman of the faith of the Old Testament, Sarah. But it was sometime after this that we were in our Bible study on Wednesday night, and I came across this other woman, and she just fascinated me. And I thought, this is a great story. Like, I wish I had have preached this one on Mother's Day. And it's the story of of Beauty and the Beast. I don't know if you've looked at the history of that that story and actually how it came to be and how it was written and kind of rewritten and adapted. But right in the Bible, we see a beautiful woman. And we also see a, a beastly brute of a man. It's, it's the story of a woman who the Bible actually says has both brains and beauty, right? Like she's the perfect catch. She has brains, she has beauty, but she is the wife of uh, a drunken fool. Um, he's the guy on the couch that, that just beer drinks too much and he's foolish with the money and he's, uh, he's, he does not make good decision. And so it's kind of an unequal yoke type of marriage. Some of you are thinking, ladies, think, but this is the date I, I should be here. That's my husband, right? I'm beauty in the brains and he's the fool, right? But uh, the, the two characters are going to compare and contrast really well. And in this story, we learn aspects, six aspects of a good woman, of a a godly woman. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 25, a sermon I've called Addie. If you're using the Black Pew Bible, it's on page 247. If you don't have an ESV Bible, that's our gift to you today. Just grab that Black Pew Bible. We'll replace it. We'd love for you to have a readable translation. 1 Samuel 25, page 247, or it'll appear on the screen. You know, when you think about it, many of you are, are good moms. You're great moms. As we look at you, you are an example. Thank you so much for being good moms and good grandmoms. And a good mom has all of the great qualities. She often knows just what to say. Amen? How many of you had moms like that? Like She just knows what to say. Or you know a mom like that. She just knows just the right words. She, just, she knows just what to say. She knows just what to do in all the situations. A godly mom, a good mom's full of wisdom. A good mom has this quality. She gets things done. Amen? Like she just gets it done around the house, in the community, with the kids, and school, to the mother of my children. I don't know how you do it, but you get it done. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Right? Good moms get it done. Number, another quality is this. A good mom tackles life's problems. Like head on, head, heads on, head on. You know, like just here's this problem. Okay, I'll tackle it. Here's this issue. It gets tackled, right? I mean, I guess in the teenage years, it's even more so. Goodness. Good moms do this. Many of you have done this. Uh, You you keep the peace. A good mother, even a good wife, keeps the peace of the family house, keeps the peace with the kids, sometimes can can take that difficulty and bring peace to the situation. Maybe we think of a grandmother sometimes that's, that's able to do that. A good mom has this quality. She serves faithfully. Faithfully and tirelessly. I guess they get tired, but they're just faithful to the call to motherhood. Good mom has this quality. She, she has her hope set on God. Amen? She's, she's godly. She, she knows the Lord and her hope is in the Lord. She waits upon the Lord. And the beauty in today's story has all of these qualities too. So I want you to see the beauty. 1 Samuel chapter 25. Let's look at what God's Word says. Now, Samuel, the great prophet, Now Samuel, the last of the great judges, died. And all Israel assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him in his house at Ramah. 
The story actually begins citing that Samuel, the great prophet, the one who had anointed David to be king, had passed away. Samuel was that spiritual leader to David. And Samuel died. And the Bible says, and a lot of people mourned his passing, and he was buried. This first verse reminds me on Mother's Day that we remember all of the good moms that pass. Amen? We remember those godly moms that are in glory, that they're already in heaven. And we have mourned for them, but we don't forget them. And it's not super sad and somber today. I'm not trying to be downcast. I'm saying we should honor, we should remember those godly moms. The flowers today are, are placed in memory of Karen Swafford by her children, right? It's a way of saying, and, and Miss Karen died and she was a great mom and we remember her and, and we mourn her, right? But we know that when we all get to heaven, we'll, we'll see her again. So remember, pause and do that today. Remember good grandmothers and good mothers and, and your mom, those that have gone before us. Samuel died and all Israel assembled and they mourned for him and they buried him in his house at Ramah. Samuel was that leader to David. So now the question kind of comes as we look at David, right? Before he becomes king in this chapter. Like, what will David do now that his mentor spiritually has, has passed away? Let's look. Verses 2 and 3. Then David rose... And he went down to the wilderness of Paran. And there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel, not the one of Elijah. This was in southern Judah. David had fled there. Do you remember David is running for his life from King Saul? David will become king. He's been anointed to become king. He's just not there yet, right? He's waiting on the promises. And it's got to pass. The kingdom's got to fail with Saul. And then it will, right, it'll rise with David. But Saul's after David, and so David's running for his life. And he goes south. And there he encountered this rich man from Maon, whose business was in Carmel. The man was very rich. And he had, right, in this day it's agriculture. We don't count the bank account. We count it in sheep and goats. <laughs> he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. Just read there, he was wealthy. I mean, however you want to think about it with cars and houses and all the... This guy was a wealthy man. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel, this great festival where they would shear and celebrate and probably eat too much and probably drink too much. And this guy was celebrating, like, look how well I've done. And this is the, this is the party time for this. Verse 3, now the name of the man was Nabal or Nabal, however you want to pronounce it. The name, of Nabal, the, ma the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. Abby, Abigail. Listen to what the verse says. The woman was discerning and beautiful. Right? Brains and beauty. Abigail. Ah. Oh. But the man was harsh and Badly behaved. Not good. He was uh, a Calebite. Where's Caleb? Sorry, Caleb, your name Caleb in Hebrew means dog. Sorry. Uh, and you don't like dogs. I know it's crazy. But here's the thing. That sometimes in this way, maybe he's saying a little bit more, this guy's like a dog. He's just, he's harsh, he's bad, he's like, he's a crazy man, he's, he's no good. So here you have the description of this couple. Nabal and Abigail. We get their names. Do you know what the name Nabal means? Fool. So maybe it's like a nickname, because I can't see anybody naming their kid Fool, right? Come here, Fool. I guess today, hey, anything goes. There's some lousy parents out there, right? But, but he's named Nabal. He, his name means Fool. Abigail means her father's joy, right? Oh, Abby, her father's joy. And we're meant to compare and contrast these, these two. Here's Nabal, right? He's rich. But he's also stupid. He's foolish and he's mean. He's not a nice person. But here you have Abigail and the Bible says, oh, she's smart, guys. She's pretty. She would be the perfect catch if, if you could have her. But she's married to Nabal. So let's continue. Look at verses 4 through 8. David heard in the wilderness, because that's where he was, right? Running for his life from Saul. He just hangs out with his followers and his guys, his, his soldiers. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, in elevation, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. I come in the name of David. And thus you shall greet him, 
Peace be to you. Right? A really peaceful greeting. Shalom. And peace to your house. Right? Shalom to you and shalom to your house. I come in David's name. And peace be to all that you have. I hear that you have shears. Now, your shepherds have been with us, right? Out in the wilderness. And we did them no harm. And they missed nothing all the time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men. They'll tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever you have at hand to your servants and to your son David. Stop right there, right? Retell the story. David sees that Nabal's shearing his sheep, and and David says, Hey guys, ten of you, I want you to go to Nabal and, and remind him that we've been really good to you guys. We've kind of been like bodyguards. We've protected you as you were in the wilderness. The shepherds didn't suffer. We didn't take anything. We actually were a wall about them and and protected them. And so now, we've just kind of come for our tip. Could you be nice to us and and maybe supply us with something as kind of a a form of blessing, right? We're, We're coming to you on this feast day, just asking for something since we've protected you a little bit. See how the story goes. Look at verses 9 through 13. When David's young men came, they said all this to Nabal in the name of David. Then they waited. And Nabal, right, his name means fool, answered David's servants. Who is David? Who is he, son of Jesse? You weren't even there when Samuel was trying to pick a... Your dad had you out in the field. You didn't even make the cut there. You've been JV from the time you are born. Who is David? Insult, right? Who is the son of Jesse? And then watch what he says here. There are many servants these days who are breaking away from their masters. Like, hey, what are you running from Saul anyway? I know that you're on the run. This is meant to end. So who are, who's David? Who's, who's the son of Jesse, right? How do I, there are a lot of people leaving their, their masters and you're fleeing Saul and maybe it's on you, right? Maybe you're the one who's done wrong, David. And so Nabal insults David. Very, very foolish. Shall I take, verse 11, shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to men who come from I don't know where? Well, you should have, but don't sound like you're going to, you know, quit drinking beer and watching football and get off the couch and do what's right, you know. you Kind of stupid choice of words right there, buddy. So, verse 12, so David's young men turned away. They came back. They told him all of this. Now, if Nabal is a hardhead, if Abigail is the hottie, then, then David is the hothead. So you've got a hardhead, but you've also got a hothead who's about to kind of look for a fight and make a bad decision, maybe. Let's see if he does. Verse 13, David said to his men, Every man strap on his sword. You ready to fight? Every man of them strapped on his sword. David also strapped on his sword. About 400 men went up after David, while 200 remained with the baggage. 600 guys with him. He says, you 200 stay here, protect all this stuff. 400 of us, we're going to that foolish man's house and we're going to kill him. We're going to kill every male. Everybody that, uh, well, you read your King James, but uh, different. uh, eh, Tempted, I won't go there. Okay, verse 14. But one of the young men, praise God for him, one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he railed at them. Yet the men were very good to us. Listen to the servants. They were good to us. We suffered no harm, and we didn't miss anything when we were with them in the fields as long as they went with us and we went with them, verse 16, they were a wall to us, both by night and day. All the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know this and consider what you should do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his house, right, a.k.a. us. He's such a worthless man, that Nabal, that one cannot speak to him. He doesn't even listen. He's a hardhead. He's a fool. Nabal, he tells Abigail, Watch verse 18 through 22. Then Abigail made haste. She got to work, right? Make haste. She gets it done quickly like a good woman, a good mom. (laughs) Abigail made haste. She took 200 loaves, two skins of wine, five sheep already prepared, already dressed, five sayas of parched grain, 
and a hundred clusters of raisins, two hundred cakes of figs, and she laid them on donkeys. And she said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal. Because he's a fool. Verse 20. And as she rode on the donkey and came down under the cover of the mountain, behold, David and his men came down toward her and she met them head on. Verse 21. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I guarded all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him. And he has returned me evil for good. Right? I was good to Nabal. We, we watched over his, his shepherds. We didn't take anything. Now I'm just asking for a little tip, a little payback. And he's returned evil for good. Rah, mad. Fight. This is going to be war. Go down and deal with him. Verse 22. God do so to the enemies of David and more also if by morning I leave so much as one male of all who belong to Him. Read down the King James Version. <laughs> I'm going to take out all the men. Verse 23. When Abigail saw David, she hurried, she got down from the donkey, she fell before David on her face. She bowed to the ground. She fell at His feet. And she said, On me alone... Me alone, my Lord, be the guilt. Please, let your servant speak in your ears. Hear the words of your servant. Let not my Lord regard this worthless fellow Nabal, for his name, he, he, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal, fool folly. But I, your servant, I didn't see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now then, my Lord, as... Yahweh Adonai, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, because the Lord has restrained you from blood guilt and from saving with your own end, now then let your enemies and those who seek to do evil to my Lord be as Nabal. And now let this present that your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please, forgive the trespass of your servant. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. David, this is gonna, what's going to happen to you. Because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord. And evil shall not be found in you so long as you live. If men rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living in the care of the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies He shall sling out as a as from the hollow of a sling. And when the Lord has done to my Lord according to all the good that He has spoken concerning you and has appointed you prince over Israel, you king over Israel, my Lord shall have no cause of grief or pangs of conscience for having shed blood without cause or for my Lord taking vengeance Himself. Right? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Right? She's like, when, when, when God gives you all those good promises of the, the covenant that He made with you, David, and your king... You're going to look back on this and, and you're going to say, I didn't take vengeance into my own hands. I didn't, I didn't go and kill. I didn't do this in a, in a wrong way. She says this last little part here. And when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your servant. Re remember me. Don't you love Abigail's words? I mean, she comes out, she meets him, she presents him with this gift, and then she says all of these kind things. I mean, just wise things. She, she mentions the Lord... Seven times, right? Sevenfold blessing of, of Yahweh, of God. And she's also saying, David, this is who you're going to be. And I believe this. And I believe this about God. I don't believe the kingdom's going to remain with Saul. Yours is the kingdom. And God's going to use you. And, and when He does, you don't want this wrong on you. So, so don't do this. But when you become king, re remember me. Let's keep going. Verse 32 and 35 through 35. And David said to Abigail... Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, right? Praise God, who sent you this day to meet me. Blessed be your discretion. And blessed be you who have kept me this day from blood guilt and from avenging myself with my own hand. For as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has restrained me from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me truly by morning, there had not been left to Nabal so much as one male. 
one guy that's, right? Then David received from her hand what she had brought him, all those goods. And he said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I've obeyed your voice. And I've granted your petition. David says, Wow, woman, you're right. I won't do this. Peace to you. Thank you for these gifts, right? You've, you've saved me. God was in this, right? He was in this story, sending you and using you. And so thank you that I didn't play the role of the hothead and, and do this and get it wrong because he'd gotten it right before, right? He could have killed Saul. And he, he was real patient. He wasn't hot-headed then, right? But right, we can fail in our strengths. He was about to fail in something that, he, that he'd done right before. And so she's, she's saved the day here. She's mediated in this situation, and it's beautiful. I'm going to end the story. Look at verses 36 to 42. And Abigail came to Nabal. Goes back home. He's on the couch, right? And behold, he was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. See, I told you. Thought I was making it up, right? So she told him nothing. At all, till the morning light. She's wise. She knows when to speak. In the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, in the Hebrew, there's a whole lot of tt uh, innuendos in this passage, and literally it means when you know he he passed all the wine, and all the wine had gone out of him. And you can find others. That's if you KJV and others. There's a whole lot of urine references in this passage. God's word's neat, but it's meant to be there. So I'm not just being vulgar or childish. Maybe I am. I don't know. All right, let's keep going. Um, so she told him all, nothing at all until the morning light. In the morning when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things. And his heart died within him. And he became as a stone. I don't know if this was a heart attack. I don't know if this was a stroke. I don't know exactly the medical condition that happened to him. But we know that it was of the Lord. And verse 38 says, and About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. David didn't have to take vengeance. God took vengeance. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has avenged the insult I received at the hand of Nabal and has kept back his servant from wrongdoing. The Lord has returned the evil on, of Nabal on his own head. Then David sent and spoke to Abigail, because she's got beauty and brains, to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David has sent us to to you to take you to him as his wife. And she rose. She bowed with her face to the ground. She said, Behold, your handmaid is a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hurried and rose, mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her, and she followed the messengers of David, and she became his wife. Beauty and the beast. Or the hard head, the hottie, and the hot head. And, right? Or... Uh, right, beauty and the brains. Don't you love this story of, of Abigail? It's often overlooked. So Abigail shows us a good woman's aspects. And I want us to now break this story down. Right, I had to tell it to you right before we make application of this, but to give you six aspects of Abigail. Six aspects of a godly woman, of a godly mom, but it really doesn't matter if you're a mother or you just want to be a mother or maybe, right? It doesn't matter. Even these can apply to men in some way, right? These are six aspects of just a godly person, of a godly woman. Number one, do you not see this? Abigail was wise. She was wise. She showed good judgment. Nabal, not good judgment. David, not good judgment. Abigail, good judgment. And even discernment, right? Uh, she is level-headed. She's the only level-headed one in the story, right? Now, what's the, what's the uh, common you know, perception this day about women? Oh, they're emotional. They're the ones that aren't level-headed. They're going to make these rash. Who are, the, who are the ones that are emotional and making the stupid decisions in this story? It's Nabal and David. She's the only one that's not acting out of emotion. She's the only one that is level-headed, right? Go back to verse 3. This is, says it all. The name of the man was Nabal. The name of his wife, Abigail. The woman was discerning and beautiful. But the man was harsh and badly behaved. He was a Calebite. We, we saw this in verse 33 when David says to her, Blessed be your discretion. And blessed be you, for you have kept me from this bloodshed, from avenging it with my own hand. Right? She's, she's wise. Oh, thank you, godly moms. You are wise. 
You have this good judgment, right? In all situations, you show discernment over the house to, to all the good mothers. Thank you for that. Number two, Abigail was a woman of action. Amen? She met the problem head on, didn't she? She made haste and she went out. She didn't waste time. Boom! I'm a woman of action. I, I suppose the word of the day that's forgotten is this. She's prudent. She's prudent. A godly mom is prudent. A godly woman is prudent, right? You, you are women of action, right? You, you see the problem and you're like, I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to run toward it and tackle it, right? And that's what she does. She wasn't going to run from David. She's like, I'm going to run straight towards it. Thank you. She didn't waste time, right? It would have been really easy to like dilly-dally and right. Godly moms just, man, they run right towards it. She's brave. We could say this about her. She's so brave to do this. We could say this about her. She could be trusted under pressure. I think that's what makes a good mom too, that they can be trusted under pressure. It's like they handle that pressure. It's not too much. Abigail. You like her? Verse, uh, excuse me, point number three, the, the third aspect. Abigail was a peacemaker, amen? She was making peace. She had these kind words to David. She had gentle words for David. Kind, gentle. Look at verse 28 and following. That's where her words pick up, right? Please forgive. So kind and gentle, please forgive us. The trespass of your servant, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house because the Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord. She's speaking about Him. She's making peace with her words. 24 is where the, the words begin, and then you see it in, in 28. It's beautiful. I'm thankful that godly moms, you keep the peace of the house. You know, you try to make peace in the kids and peace here. And sometimes the moms, you have to have these kind and gentle words. You know how to soothe that. Grandmothers, you do the same things. The fourth aspect of Abigail or Abby is this. She was a servant. Did you catch that in the story? I mean, how often she even referred to herself as a servant? So we could say this, she's humble. She doesn't really have this ego, right? She's, she's real humble. She's sacrificial. She's generous. She takes all of this stuff and says, we'll sacrifice all of these goods. We'll, we'll, we'll be generous to you, David. We'll sacrifice this. I'll sacrifice. I'll go. And, and then when she does it, she bows. I mean, just in that first verse, in, in verse 23, I'm, I'm noticing as I'm reading it to how much the language is about I fell and I'm on my face and I bowed to the ground and I fell at his feet. Like four different phrases. He's just saying this over and over and over and over again. Like, look at what she was doing and how humble she was. I'm your servant, right? Please, please, this. What a humble, great lady. Generous. You see it in verse 18 with all that she made. You see it in verse 23 and how she approaches. Thankful that a good mom, a godly woman, is a humble, sacrificial servant. You just, you do, you, you give, and we thank you for that. Number five, fifth aspect, Abigail was a counselor, wasn't she? She was a counselor to her husband. Most of all, she was a counselor to David. We could say this about Abigail. She was a reconciler. right? She would reconcile this, this conflict. She, she was an interventionist. right? She was making intervention. Don't do this. Let me reconcile this. right? Good moms, you guys do this all the time. right? You, you reconcile the kids. You reconcile with the husband. You reconcile the situation. You see it in verse 28 and 24 again. What she really did is she saves David from making a bad decision. I mean, if this is kind of the account of David, here's a, a situation where he almost messes up and, and sins in this way. And God uses her to, to reconcile and to intervene and say, you don't need to do this. Right? Good moms help us, saves us from making a lot of stupid decisions. Amen? <laughs> You've been there, right? Me too. Thankful for that. Thankful that they're wise, that they're women of action, that they're peacemakers, that they're servants, that they're humble, that they're counselors. Six, Abigail was a God-fearer. She was a worshiper. That's why she can do this. That's why those seven times she can mention the Lord, His name. because And even knowing that where David's going, because she believes God. She, she knows the promises of God. She, she fears God and respect, that awe, reverence, and she's worshiping God. You see it in verse 26, right? The Lord. You see it in verses 29 through 31, where she continues to, to talk about the Lord and all that He has done. Abigail, what a great 
story. A woman of the faith, as 1 Peter 3 says, that we can go back to and say, all of everything was written to, to, to instruct us and to teach us. And we can go back to the women of the past and, and we can see how God used them. Good moms, godly mothers, godly women have these aspects. A good mom shows us good judgment. Bow your head, close your eyes, think for a moment. I want you to recall and think, who comes to mind? Maybe it's your mother, maybe it's your wife, maybe it's your grandmother. I want to go through five or six of these, and I just want you to think and then thank the Lord for that person. A good mom shows good judgment. Who's a woman in your past that you've said, that woman has shown good judgment? Think of her, let her face come to you, and then say, God, thank you for that person. Good mom shows good judgment. Next, think about this. A good mom addresses problems. Who's the lady of the past that, in your family that addressed those problems? A good mom, a good woman, a godly woman. Thank the Lord for them. A good mom sacrifices. Who comes to mind? Thank the Lord for them. A godly woman reconciles. Is there a godly woman in your past, in your life, in your present life that's a reconciler, counselor, interventionist? Thank the Lord for them. A good mom, of course, a godly mom worships. Who comes to mind? Those dear saintly ladies of old that weren't afraid to worship. Lord, we thank You for those godly moms that are here and now and that are doing these things that are like Abigail and those that have gone before. Lord, thank You so much that we now, following their footsteps, give us wisdom and the ability to face hardship and problems. Help us to be sacrificial and, Lord, to be that mediator and most importantly, to worship always for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. So that's the application, right? Don't pray that I'll go home and like have a stone, like my neighbor, my stupid, right? <laughs> right? That, uh, that uh, our husbands would kill over dead. That'd be the wrong application. <laughs> He's fool. Don't call us Nabal either. The story is beautiful. The story is beautiful because it actually points to the New Testament in two ways. Before we close, I want to show you this. The story points to the gospel in the New Testament in these two ways. Number one, Abigail points to Christ Jesus. Amen? David doesn't point to Christ. Nabal sure doesn't point to Christ. But who is the one that points to Christ in the story? It's Abigail. Why? Because she is the mediator. She's the mediator. The Bible says that there's one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus. Amen? Think about all the ways this reflects to Christ. Abigail rode on a donkey on the way to make atonement and bear the sin of Nabal. She provided the offering. She turned away the wrath, right? Propitiation. She made peace by her actions. And our mediator, Jesus Christ, has done all of that. Amen? He came into Jerusalem riding the donkey, right? He bore our sin, not His, right? He bore my foolishness. I am Nabal, right? And you are too. And He bore that. And He was the one to make peace. He was the one to reconcile. He was the one to give His, his blood, right? To, to turn away the, the wrath by the offering of Himself, right? Abigail's meant to, to point to Jesus. Do you know Jesus in that way today? As the mediator? Oh, I pray that you do. The second way the story points to the New Testament is this. It points to our response to the news. Because we've been given news also. When, when the news of the gospel comes, will you reject or respond? When the news, the invitation, right, the, 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 the offer of David came, what did Nabal do? Nabal rejected. Abigail received and responded, right? This is how it is with the gospel. The gospel of the mediator will come to many and many will sit right there on the couch and open another one and say, I don't want Jesus in the church. And burp, 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 burp. Foolish decision. You've been like Nabal and you will reject, right? Or 
Will we, when we hear the gospel of Jesus, when, when, we, when we hear what Christ offers and what Christ requires, will we say, yes, Christ Jesus, I'm your servant, right? I will respond. We have in this story the rejecter and the believer, don't we? And I pray that you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Which are you today, Nabal or Abby? I like Abby, right? I thought about, I thought about opening up like something like, oh, the, I, these two women, I can't get off my mind. And I, No, I know. It's you, hon. No. <laughs> but it's Abby too. No, I'm kidding. No. But, but Abigail was the one after Mother's Day. Last. I just thought, I can't get this. And there's another woman. I'm sorry. It's, it's Hagar. <laughs> it's Hagar in the Old Testament. So uh, Abigail, I'm just, man, I'm like, that's such a Mother's Day sermon. Like, I, like she's a godly woman, and, and I see these aspects in you, honey. I, I, I love you, right? Um, Hagar is the other one. And if, if, you, if you don't know, there are many other great women in the Bible, right, that we could, that we could speak about. There, there are great women, women like Sarah, last Mother's Day, Genesis 12. Women like Hagar, Genesis 16 to 21. I'm going somewhere. You'll, you'll see why I even said all that in a minute. Hagar in Genesis 16 and 21. Ruth in, in the book of Ruth, right? Hannah. We did Hannah one year. Oh, a godly praying mom. You need to do the Randy Travis when mama prayed. That's a good song. Make you cry if you want to cry today. First uh, Samuel 1. Read about Hannah or Martha. What a great lady. John chapter 11, Luke chapter 10 or Mary Magdalene. So one Wednesday night, we did, we did Abigail. I, I preached it in a little bit different way, give you six different aspects. But one Wednesday night, we did Hagar. That's the other woman that I just couldn't, couldn't get off my mind. So when we were doing Hagar, um, I ran across this video. Uh, and it's a video that was performed, uh, it was a live thing, it was performed at a church in Nashville uh, by Nicole C. Mullen. You probably remember Nicole C. Mullen, I know my Redeemer Liz, she can sing. So I'm, you know, I'm studying about Hagar and, and all about this single mom who was in the wilderness and God went to her and, and basically how God saw her. And I love that would be like the Mother's Day maybe for next year, right? The, the God who sees you, mom, when you're all alone. And, and so I began to, to see um, Hagar and I'm thinking, oh, man, Abigail and Hagar and these great women of the faith. And then I found this video and I found this song and it just moved me. I mean, the more I watched, I was so moved because in this video, she's going to walk us through all these godly women of the past and then build up to King Jesus, right? And so my gift to you on this Mother's Day is about, I tried to preach shorter, I just couldn't, is about a 10-minute video of, of Nicole Mullen singing this live because the live version in the church is so much more powerful and, and seeing this, that godly moms, godly women, even, even sir today, that there is a God who sees you and who loves you. And I'm going to invite you to worship as we watch this video this morning.
to be the bread of life in the town of Bethlehem. And he would grow and he would be called the Son of God. He would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And he would heal and he would reveal. And then he had an encounter with the woman named Mary of Magdala, who was plagued by demons, tormented by evil spirits. And Jesus set her free. And Mary followed him. She listened at his feet. She served him and she loved him. your head and close your eyes. It's such a moving video. I thought, how do I not show that and uh, know that God sees you today just as he saw Abigail and all those that, that she walked us through and uh, that God loves. And as we respond today uh, in our invitation, we know that Jesus is the way to be saved, that we need to receive and to believe and to accept that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. As we've said before, you know, we all come into this world one way, through a womb, through a woman. It's not narrow-minded, it's by design. There is one way to be born, and there is one way to be reborn. It's not narrow-minded for Jesus to say, I am the way. Birth comes one way, and rebirth comes 
One way, through Jesus Christ. It's not narrow-minded. It's the only way to eternal life. It is, it is by design. And Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And you can be saved today. Um, you can admit that you're a sinner. You can believe the good news of Jesus that the Bible shares and that we've shared today and that Christ died for our sins. And you can confess your faith and trust in Christ. You can, you can put your faith in dependence upon Him, reliance upon Him, that, that He is the one to make the offering that will, that will remove the wrath and atone for the sin, and take away the guilt and, and mediate and reconcile. So we invite you to, to Jesus today uh, that way. And know that, that God loves you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.